Say that again. Record debt issuance so far this year and investors are buying it. Are you sure? Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of May 25th, 2020. And today, we follow up on our listener questions with a special episode. So remember, last week, I said that debt issuance could make up an entire episode. Well, then you added us um, and asked for a lot of different questions about debt issuance. So we're going to cover that topic exactly. It's a holiday week. Give the people what they want. We got to give them what they want. And since the crisis began, and in record-breaking time, investment-grade companies have borrowed more than $800 billion in debt. I'm sorry. Say that again? Okay. Despite the environment that we're in today, this pandemic environment, companies have been able to borrow a lot of debt at a pace that's nearly three times faster than average, at a cost more than double prior to the crisis. And this, as we've discussed before, has been made entirely possible by your favorite, the path-breaking Federal Reserve backstop. Yes, this is a big deal. It shows that the Federal Reserve's policies are working. And despite all the uncertainty, all the fear that comes with the pandemic, and the high likelihood that these companies experience a huge disruption in their business, they're still able to access financing. They can still borrow from public markets. Exactly. And companies are borrowing a lot. If the proportion of issuance that we see today is in line with prior years, so it continues at the same trajectory, then we're on track to see about $2 trillion in investment-grade corporate borrowing, a record-breaking year by a long shot. Okay, I have some ideas, but what do you what do you think that means? Well, I think it speaks to the environment we're in. An established investment-grade company usually borrows for one of two reasons. The first, they want to buy another company, which is a good thing for stocks, and you need to have a lot of cash to buy another company, so you issue debt. Or you see a big problem and you need cash to sustain your business for the next 12 or 24 months. And so what I think is happening is that companies are anticipating cash flow problems for that duration, 12 to 24 months. And CFOs are saying that now is as good a time as ever to issue debt before they get downgraded. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think this really speaks to the speed and scale at which central banks have in, intervened to ensure the efficiency of these primary markets. So the places where companies can borrow. And as a reminder to all our new listeners, the Fed has stepped in to support lots of different kinds of borrowers, municipal or state and local governments, because tax receipts were delayed, um, investment grade bonds, top-tier collateralized lenders, some aspects of mortgage financing, um, assisting banks to make bigger and faster loans to Main Street companies. The the list is long. Yeah, the list is uh, quite long. And you say this all the time. While these policies may have avoided a liquidity crisis, 
crisis, it may not have avoided a structural solvency one. That's exactly right. And if debt was already a concern coming into this crisis, then raising more debt now opens several important questions about long-term economic growth. If labor force participation is at risk from the crisis for the next few years and debt levels keep rising, it, it could create a drag on the U.S. economy's potential growth. That's a perfect place to start our portfolio pause, a section in the program where we share an investment idea. We came into COVID crisis with a very specific view of the world. Profit margins for companies, the amount that they have or make after costs of debt, labor, that type of thing, were under pressure. And there was a whole lot of debt out there. Now corporations are issuing even more debt to make it through the crisis. And that begs the question how an investor should navigate all this new issuance. It, it is a great question. And let me start by just saying that companies cannot exist on the flow of financing alone. They need income. They need sales. So unless these companies can find a way to generate enough revenue in this period of time, it's unclear how long they can continue running their businesses. For now, we see this playing out in the equity market where good companies with strong balance sheets that are able to generate sales and profits are definitely outperforming. Uh, while companies with a perceived risk of going out of business have been doing much worse. Um, this trend's probably going to continue, and that would naturally favor U.S. stocks, specifically large-cap growth companies, not pipe dreams, not things that maybe will do really well, but stable growers. When the economy does turn, we'll see a case for small cap companies and more cyclical companies. That is, if their business models are still viable. Yikes! That's a that's a un unfortunately a big if. Small caps uh, were particularly a um, big change in the last cycle as they added leverage and um, a lot of profitability prof uh, problems coming into this crisis. So uh, big if um, for debt investors, the story hasn't really changed. With the Fed temporarily keeping a watchful eye over credit markets, we think there's room for long-term investors to allocate to credit. We anticipate a lot of volatility there, and there's a lot of uh, risk of downgrade, and some companies just won't make it through the crisis. So this isn't a an investment um, suggestion for the faint of heart. It's important to find managers who can look at all of the known unknowns, the wave of defaults coming humbly. Um, and, and really pick winners from losers, it's hard work. So an active manager in the space, if, if, you're, if you have the, the risk tolerance or time horizon to enter it is, is absolutely essential. That's definitely what matters. Coming up this week, we'll get a lot of economic data manufacturing surveys from across the country, durable goods for April. I'm super curious about that. Uh, GDP revisions for the first quarter, consumer sentiment. And none of it's going to matter for investments or markets. <laughs> yeah, likely not. Uh, markets have known that things will be bad. And so I doubt that this is going to make a dent. Yeah. I mean, making a dent is the health news probably. Um a lot of states are reopening, and that's driving a lot of optimism. Um, and early success in vaccine testing has also prompted some pretty great days for the equity markets, which we saw uh, this week. Um, 
I'll continue to closely watch that health news, whether it's positive or negative, uh, just to gauge what market sentiment's going to look like. Yeah, I think I think the way to contextualize our view on the the health risk front is to say we're super hopeful, but we're not betting on it. Um, it, it I'm hesitant to believe in a silver bullet solution to health risk. More likely than not, finding a not only a, a permanent solution but a safe solution is just going to take time um, and, and and lots of testing. And so we expect the economic recovery and thus the profit recovery for companies to just be slower than markets are currently pricing as the headline. So while we'll expect some bumps in both the right direction and the wrong direction um, in the coming weeks, we're, we're not counting on a silver bullet. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. Yeah, if you have a, a question or topic of interest, hit us up on social media. That is right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at nylinvestments.com forward slash blog. But until then, I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We'll see you next week. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.